Hola, and welcome to the Beauteous Me podcast, a relatable and authentic space for all. Every week, we hop on a roller coaster, share laughter and tears on topics we might be ashamed to discuss. We do this all while finding its inner beauty. My name is Jamili Whitfield, and the journey begins now. Hi, guys. Welcome back for another episode on Beauteous Me. I'm so happy to be here, and I'm always pumped up to record another episode. I have Terry McDougal, who is an executive coach, speaker, and author of Winning the Game of Work, Achieving Career Happiness and Success on Your Own Terms. So Terry's here today because women, you know, we have to rise and be together. A lot of us are growing in entrepreneurship, leadership positions, executive positions. And um, I'm going to continue to go on on Terry's uh, bio, but I get super excited on the conversations that we're going to have because we're really going to talk about how women can uh, take the reins on being an executive coach, executive leader, um, owning your own business, um, and that disparity when it comes to men in an executive level position. So Terry specializes in working with high achieving leaders who are successful, but not satisfied. Terry relies on both formal training as a coach and firsthand experience as a corporate leader to support her clients as they work towards their goals. Prior to launching her coaching practice in 2017, Terry was a marketing leader within the financial services industry for 21 years. During her corporate career, she led high-performing teams, developed and executed on marketing strategies and advised senior leaders in that position. She leverages her understanding of large, complex organizations to help her clients effectively navigate the interpersonal and political dynamics that exist in business. Terry, <laughs> you have a rough experience, and if you see it, you're just like, you are the person are the main person who should be here and talking to <laughs> women, women in leadership. Um, and I could, I could share myself. I've taken executive leadership courses. I've taken um, non-for-profit leadership courses. So I've taken two courses on, on what it is to uh, run a non-for-profit organization and executive leadership. And the biggest thing, Terry, is that us women, though we can have all of this experience and, and, um, uh, trainings, etc. We tend to revert back to what society, the societal norms from the past. We're, I think, depending on your age group, we're very different than from mm-hmm. a little bit who, um, kudos to them, are a little bit more assertive than I think um, mm-hmm. us older folks. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I I think that works are. So I'm excited to have this conversation with you because in an executive or in a leadership position, um, we're in major competition with men. We really are. Yeah, yeah. Although, you know, one of the things that I I truly believe is that women bring things to the table that men don't. And one of the things that I also, I, I talk with a lot of my clients about this, that any strength overused becomes a weakness. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the major strengths that women have is that we care and that we are good collaborators. We are, we're looking around and we're noticing what other people need. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I think with, I'm, I'm not going to say all men, but I think many men are so goal oriented that they won't stop and say, what's going on around me? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times with women, we're goal-oriented also, but we'll look around and we'll see what's going on around me with the other people. And sometimes we get distracted with that. 
And um, there's, uh, you know, you, you guys have probably heard of uh, fear of missing out, the FOMO. Oh, well, there's, is there's something, there's another thing that's similar to that called FOPO, yeah. and that stands for fear of other people's opinions. Ooh. And so a lot of times, yeah, we as women, we're, we will get very concerned about what other people think. Like we might think that we know what needs to be done and we're looking at that goal, but then we look around us and we say, oh, but what, what will this person think? Or are they going to not like me if I show up and I'm too aggressive or too assertive in this situation? And I think that uh, quite often with uh, us women, that we can actually be our own worst enemies because we can stop ourselves or we can get caught up with um, thoughts that limit our abilities. We're, we're completely capable of doing great things and we do it all the time. You know, we as women, like we'll usually juggle a lot more than the men around us. They have often have the um, luxury of being able to focus on one or two goals. Whereas we as women, we're like, you know, we bring home the bacon and fry it up in the pan, right? Like we're, we're doing <laughs> everything. Afterwards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And um, I, I think a lot of times we don't give ourselves credit mm -hmm. for all of the, you know, the plates that we keep spinning. And um, during this time of social is isolation, um, where a lot of us are, you know, having to oversee um, homeschooling with our kids and, you know, work in a house with, you know, all three of my kids are home and my husband is, he's working out of the house sometimes and in the house sometimes. So, I work from home, but normally I have the whole house to myself with my dog and that's it. Now there's all these people in the house and, <laughs> you know, we're having to juggle all of that on top of trying to continue to, you know, make a living. Yeah. And uh, I think it's important sometimes to just take a step back and recognize all of the things that we're doing and give ourselves credit for that. Absolutely. So let's, let's, let's talk about women in leadership position. Mm -hmm. Um, and let's talk about winning in your career mm -hmm. because um, for women, you know, for us women, um, sometimes we can reprioritize our lives and not mm -hmm. win in our career and, and find mm -hmm. work, find mm -hmm. balance, if you will. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that, uh, well, you mentioned it. I've got a book that just came out a few weeks ago called Winning the Game of Work. Mm -hmm. And that can sound like, oh, you know, maybe for some people winning means making to the C-suite. But my conclusion is that winning means uh, you determining what winning looks like for you and then moving towards that with intention. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think that a lot of times, again, going back to that whole idea of fear of other people's opinions, that sometimes we may know what we want maybe deep down we know what we want, but we will allow ourselves to get disconnected from that because we're thinking like, oh, well, what does my mother expect? What does my boss expect? What is my friend at work going to think of me if I do this or that? And I think that it's really important to, you know, get very clear on what it is that you want mm -hmm. and then um, think about how do you add value in the workplace and try to align what you like to do with what's valued in the workplace? And then, you know, go forward with some, um, 
you know, intention towards those things. Um, you know, I, I work with people that are both employed and want to be more effective in their current job, but also with people that are in job search. And, you know, one of the things that I hear a lot from people is that they'll say, oh, you know, I, I have to do this because this is what all of my experience in the past has been. And very often people will come into the, um, the job force and maybe after they got out of college, they just took whatever job came their way and they, they start building a career on a certain path that's not actually that aligned with who they are as a person. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they can get into their career, you know, 15, 20, 25 years and wake up one day and say, oh, my gosh, I don't really like what I'm doing. But then they will tell themselves something along the lines of, but I don't have a choice. I have mm-hmm. to do this because I I've make been doing this for so many years. So what, right. I, what do I right. do next? This is this is all I know. Yes. Yes. And I. um I actually have helped a lot of people do this to start imagining what is it that you would really like to do and then start looking for those sort of like lateral moves or pivot points where I can use these things that I know how to do and I'm good at, but I can start heading in this direction towards something that I feel passionate about. And a lot of times what people will find is that it's not as huge of a leap as what they envision it to be. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's interesting because I just uh, was talking with one of my clients yesterday who had a very is a very it's it's a man but um, it's very uh, relevant to anybody in the workplace. He had a very unusual um, job background, and he's he found himself in his late thirties and he had uh, made a job transition to a new career, but because of that he had to take a pretty big pay cut. He's got a family and he needed to support his family. And when he came to me, he was looking for a new job, but his belief was that he was going to have to kind of start at square one because, you know, he hadn't, he didn't have like decades of experience in this particular career, but we really like sat where he was and we kind of did a, a 360 and looked around him to see like, what connections do you have where people know you and they're going to judge you on you and not judge you on your resume. Ah, and he ah. actually found somebody that actually knew him very, very well and valued him. He had a conversation with them to say, you know, I'm starting to consider the next chapter in my career. You know, do you have any, you know, ideas or connections? And they said, we actually have openings at our company and we would love to hire you. So he got a job, he got a raise, he got more more benefits than he had in his previous position, and he's starting um, in two weeks at a company that has has a growth path for him, mm-hmm. which he didn't have at his other company. And so to me, I feel like the first step towards leadership and getting on a path that you will really love in your career is believing that it's possible, number one. And number two, recognizing that you have a lot of gifts that you may not, you may not fully appreciate yourself. Um, I see that very often. And I I actually say this to my clients all the time that you can't read the label from inside the bottle, right? Like the things that are easy for you, that we walk around and we're like, Oh, anybody can do that. Like, you know, anybody can be organized or creative or can tell a good story or whatever your gift is. Not everybody. (laughs) We always think that, oh, that's easy for me. Nobody's going to value that because that's so easy. 
That's easy for you. Because that's and your gift. That's your gift. That's your superpower. The things that come easy for you are your superpower. And I see way too often that people kind of shove their their gift aside and say, that's no big deal. Nobody's going to value that. And they believe that the only things that are going to be valued are things that are hard for them. And so they're like maybe doing a job that um, is difficult because they believe that that's the only thing that's going to be valued. And then they're hating their job because they're not doing, they're not stepping into what they were made to do. Wow. Yeah. So you, I'm just sitting here and I'm thinking um, with so many conversations that I've had with people and even um, guests on podcasts, when we talk about like imposter syndrome, mm, yeah, that being really big um, with women um, and also just an, on other topics on people being fearful of starting new, starting from scratch mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and really building upon their excellence. But in you saying that you have to kind of tap onto the resources. And I've heard that before, but it was like so reassuring for you to say that you have to tap into the people you know and the connections that you yeah. make. And it can be scary because that's, you know, that's, that's, that means that you're being vulnerable, that you're saying like, I don't have all the answers. And, you know, I think that one of the things that people fear the most in tapping into their network is that they're going to be rejected mm-hmm. or somebody's going to say, oh my gosh, like you, you don't have all the answers. But one of the things that I find, because I, every person that is in job search, I tell them like, listen, like the, actually the odds of getting a new job from applying online are extremely low. I mean, anytime you look at like LinkedIn or something like that, you'll see that like 400 people have applied for a job, right? You know, the, the, um, actually just to throw a little number out there for you, 80% of jobs that are posted online are not filled by people that applied online. Really? So yes. So your odds are very low of getting hired that way. And I know that seems a little bit depressing. Right, um, people keep saying, you want the job, go apply online, go apply online. Yeah, my job is hiring, go apply online. Yes. And I, I say, you know, don't not apply online mm-hmm. because somebody's going to get hired for that. Mm-hmm. But um, if you are applying online and you happen to know somebody at the company, uh, try to network with somebody that you know and ask them if they will give your resume directly to the hiring manager. Because that's one way to kind of get to the head of the line or to skip the HR, um, you know, screening process. Um, But I always say to people, like, start reaching out to people that, um, like, for example, okay, here's, um, sorry, I'm I'm jumping all over the place. That's okay, that is um, part of having a good work. Yeah, good. Um, (laughs) When people are saying, like, I'd really like to do this. But I don't have any I don't have any skills or I don't know how to get started. I say find somebody who's doing the thing that you would like to do. And if you know them, reach out to them directly. If you don't try to find somebody that you know that can introduce you to them and just say to them, um, you know, I'm starting to explore some options for the next chapter in my career. And I'm really interested in what you're doing. I'm wondering if you can tell me how you got started. And, and then once you get in the conversation, you can have the opportunity to say, well, this is, you know, this is what I've done in my career. Um, you know, have you ever seen anybody with my type of background be successful in your, um, in your type of, of career? And, you know, a lot of times, 
um, hearing what other people went through can give you courage. Um, I, I don't want to like talk a lot about my book, but one of the things that I did in my book was I interviewed 10 people about their career journeys. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason why I did that is because I think it's very easy to see somebody who's being successful in their career and just assume that they, you know, stepped onto a red carpet when they first got out of college or, or school and just, you know, zoomed to the top of their career. And several of the people in my book got fired multiple times in their in their careers, but they learned things during along the way. And, you know, it's also easy to look at somebody that's successful and say, oh, well, they must have known exactly the right path to take. And they didn't. You know, they just you know, they just kept walking down the path and looking ahead of them and saying, well, this looks interesting, or I'm going to try this. I'm going to say yes to this and see what happens. Um, one other thing that you said earlier that I want to address is, you know, how it, I think it's very, very natural to be fearful when we want to make a change in our life. I mean, it's natural, right? Like uncertainty is scary. Um, but you know, courage is not about being fearless. Mm -hmm. Courage is about taking action, even when you're scared. And I, I believe when you talk to other people who have walked the path and have done scary things that you can, you can get inspiration and encouragement from their journeys and to realize that you know, they didn't just wake up and get plopped into a really cool job that they worked for it and they fell on their face sometimes. But sometimes falling on your face is what it what it takes to move forward. That that just that that courageous piece is, you know, just really sat with me right now, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, which is important because um, we lose courage. We get discouraged, discouraged mm -hmm. right? With courage. Yeah. Um, and moving around and wanting to explore new things because what's better than being safe, right? What's better than yeah. being safe or, or having um, sure. a safety net? But what about finding our happiness? And yes. those are the key points that you kind of talked about um, in your book and in really finding happiness with that. Um, in, in your area of professional coaching, um, when working with clients, how do you get them to think strategically um, mm -hmm. and have some goal setting in place? Mm -hmm. You know, it all starts with being honest about what you want. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what I find very often with people is that they do not allow themselves to sit with what they want, mm -hmm. that they will be the first ones that... Because first of all, I believe that deep down, all of us know what we want, but we have built kind of walls between that desire and, you know, maybe what we think about consciously because we're trying to protect ourselves because it hurts when we want something and we can't have it. So we'll just tell ourselves things like, you know, oh, that's for other people or, you know, um, they they were able to do that because their dad set them up in business or whatever excuse yeah. we tell ourselves, right? Because we'll tell ourselves things like, um, oh, well, I can't, I can't do that because I don't have the money to go back to school and you have to go to school for that or whatever. We, we tell ourselves things. And what I really um, encourage people to do is 
give yourself the space to listen to what it is that you want. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that you have to act on it, but don't be like, don't immediately come in and criticize or tell yourself why you can't do something. Because these are two separate things. Mm -hmm. Like the first thing is to figure out what you want. That's separate. The second thing is if you want that, how are you going to get it? These are two separate things. And that's when I'm when I'm working with clients, this is the thing that I work on with them. Is it like let's just be honest about what you want. And then once we figure that out, I will work with you on developing the plan, the step-by-step plan to start start you on that path so that you start to believe that that's possible. And, you know, one of the things that um, I've actually experienced this a number number of times in my life, like, you know, quitting my job and going back to business school full time or leaving my job and, you know, getting a, a certification in coaching that sometimes you have to put your foot on the path and start walking on the path before you can see what's around the corner. Mm. Right. You have to like move forward with some faith. But once you do that, once you start to put yourself in that environment where there are fellow travelers and they can give you ideas or you can, you know, like I think about business school that I I actually didn't know how I was going to pay for it. But once I decided that I was going to do it, you know, my old boss said, I'll give you freelance work. I got a a job in the career center and I, I got some free credits and some discounted credits and I got paid. You know, there were all these things came together that I never would have seen had I just sat in my old office and said, well, I'd like to go to school, but I would never be able to have the money. Right. You know, so things will come together when you set an intention and you start taking action. Absolutely. So what does Terry offer people? Well, I mean, let, let, let people know what you are. <laughs> um, executive leadership, entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you offer? <laughs> well, I, I work with people really in three different scenarios. Mm-hmm. I will work with people that are working and, you know, like you, you talked about at the beginning, successful and not satisfied. Yeah. I, I think that there's two reasons why people um, are not satisfied with their jobs. One is that They, um, the job is a good fit, but they maybe have some skill deficits that they need to work on. And in those cases, I will work with them on, you know, many different situations, setting boundaries at work, delegation, um, you know, uh, effective communication, just the types of skills that they need to actually step up and excel in their role. And I've seen many people come to me and they're not happy they think they need to leave their job, but once we work on their management skills, they actually are happy and they're excelling. So that's one situation. Another situation is, um, and this is another reason why people are, are not happy at work, is because the job's not a good fit. It might be that they've outgrown the job or, like we talked earlier, they they just took a job in this you know, industry or functional area because somebody offered it to them and it just isn't a good fit for them. In that case, I will help them figure out like what's the right direction for you and we'll work much like I said earlier on that. And then the third group of people that I work with is people who are in job search. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's a bit similar to the the second group. It's just that, you know, we will, um, I work on everything from figuring out like what types of roles do you want to go after? Uh, 
working on the resume, working on the LinkedIn, working on the networking and interviewing skills. Um, and I'll work with people all the way through, you know, offer negotiation and onboarding at their new job. That so is, that's amazing. Yeah, that that is key piece. I mean, resumes now have completely changed what people are. Yes. They're not as different. They're not as they're very different from before um, when you you think about writing a resume. And actually writing a resume has become even more intimidating now because the formats, what people are expecting, mm-hmm. um, resumes um, of people adding their LinkedIn account. I've seen resumes, people adding their picture, your address, mm-hmm. not your address, uh, your phone number, not your phone number, just an email, um, summaries, high right. um qualification, leadership skills, education, so many. Yeah, there's so many. There's, you know, one of the key things that I talk to people about, a lot of people that I work with, you know, they haven't looked for a job in, you know, 10 or 15 years. And they, unfortunately, right now, a lot of people are being laid off. Um, But um, one of the big changes from, you know, 10 or 15 years ago is the applicant tracking systems. Like every company now, you know, you're applying online. And as I mentioned earlier, if you look on LinkedIn or Indeed, a lot of times they'll show how many people have applied for the job. Nobody in HR is going through 400 resumes. No, they're they're using artificial intelligence and algorithms on these applicant tracking systems to score the applications. And so they will only look at the top scoring um, applications for the job. Um, and so there are some tricks and, you know, I guess the, the like little takeaway on this that I will tell people is that I tell my clients to print off the, um, the job description and go through and highlight all of the keywords that are very specific to that job and then look at their resume and try to use the exact wording that they, I mean, Obviously, only if they have that experience, right. but a lot of times in in certain roles, there can be different ways of describing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And if if a human is reviewing it, they might be like, oh, yeah, that's the same thing. But to the applicant tracking system that's scoring your application, it's exact keyword match. And so you want to, I mean even though it might take more time, you want to uh, customize your resume for each job that you apply for uh, and make sure that as much as possible, you are using the keywords that you've highlighted um, in the job uh, description so that that computer says, yes, this is a really good fit for the role. And then obviously, I, again, I can't emphasize how important it is to use networking, you know, um, and, uh, this is, this is something that, uh, it might be actually a little bit depressing, but a lot of, um, job listings on LinkedIn and indeed and all that, they're actually not real jobs. What? Um, <laughs> I mean, I, well, here's what I'm going to say. Like they are real jobs, mm-hmm. but you have absolutely no chance of getting that job because many wow. companies have policies where they require jobs to be posted, even if they have a candidate that they are already offering the job to. It's just part of their, um, it's just part of their policy for filling jobs. And I, and whenever I, I worked in banking for many years, and my experience was that even if I was promoting somebody within my team to a role, I had to post it. And so 
this is uh, sometimes with people that I work with, they'll say, well, I saw this job and it was there for like two days and now it's not there anymore. And I was like, yeah, it's probably not it's probably not like a real job, right? No, they had to post it for four days. Mm -hmm. Um, So what I um, really recommend to people when they're looking is to reach out to their network and let people know that they're looking for a job. And sometimes if you can hear about a job before it's posted, you can get an inside track. And uh, you maybe you can even get an interview before the job's posted. And it's it's hard to, um, you know, knock off a candidate that is already pretty far along in the process that uh, that the hiring manager likes. So you try to make it at you by networking. Ah, that is so interesting. I that, that blew my mind with yeah. <laughs> I, I know, and it's it's but depressing, it but it didn't because I I I know that in working with HR and in my position. Uh-huh. Um, but then just hearing it, it just it just sounds different. You know what I'm trying to say? Like I, I know. Well, and I think back to whenever I was a hiring manager that if somebody, you know, came in my office and said, I got a new job, you know, I'd say, okay, well, I wish you well. Do you know anybody that <laughs> I would ask them, do you have any friends that might be interested in this job? Because good people know good people. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, for me to go through HR, it usually would take about three weeks for me to get a job posted. And if somebody's leaving in two weeks, I want to be well along in the interview process and hopefully get somebody in quickly. And if if somebody on my team that I know is a good worker is going to refer somebody to me, I have so much more confidence in them than somebody that is, you know, just a piece of paper. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, I've made some I've made some hiring mistakes who, you know, with people that had really great resumes and who interviewed very well. And then they come in and they just aren't, you know, they're not a good fit for the role and you just waste a lot of time. um, And energy and and energy and everything and and reputation even, you know, if they're not, if they're not representing your department well. Um, So, you know, I, I think that most people would prefer to hire somebody that somebody they trust vouches for. Mm-hmm. So, so what else does uh, Terry offer folks? Um, well, that's, that's pretty much it. And then of course, I, I here's, here's my book, which um, it's available currently on um, Amazon as an ebook, which oh, um, it is, it's on sale for 99 cents for the first month of the launch, which is uh, about 10 more days. It's on sale for 99 cents. Oh, for the book. Yeah. So I, I <laughs> put it on my Instagram because this will post afterwards, but yeah. So okay. Um, but, and then the paperback is available too. I actually am considering starting to do group programs. I have not done group programs, but if there is anybody out there who's in job search and they might be interested in that, um, I would, uh, love to hear from you. You can reach me at my website at terrybmcdougall.com and just send me a message to the website. I am uh, really considering putting together a waiting list to, to put together a, uh, a group program for job search because I know there's a lot of people out there that are looking right now. Yeah, send me that information as well. Okay. Because I would. Okay, great. Because I know a lot of people who are in, in job search. Right. right. During this time, it's important to put that information out there. So what's next for Terry? Oh, just continuing to do what I do. I'm um, I'm really uh, doing a lot to try to promote my book. I'm going to be doing some um, online events to uh, like 
I had planned on doing two in-person launch parties for the book, but obviously mm-hmm. that's out. <laughs> so um, I'm in the process right now of putting together some events online where I'll um, be interviewing some of the people that I interviewed in the book live oh, and, uh, you know, probably doing some uh, readings from the book and some mm-hmm. Q&A. So yeah. that's yeah. exciting. So definitely we'll look out for that. Um, Terry, any final thoughts for listeners? Well, my belief is that all of us are here for a reason and that um, we actually, when when we step forward and we have confidence in our gifts and we let ourselves be seen and we believe in ourselves and come forward with what we're good at, that we're actually making the world a better place just by being who we are. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Terry, for being a part of the Beauteous Me podcast, especially during this time. And um, this is amazing information for anyone in leadership position or aspiring to be in a leadership. Yeah, position. absolutely. The information that you gave is not only for people in leadership positions, but those who want to move on to it. So thank you so, so much. Terry. Well, thank you, Beauty. I really enjoyed being here talking with you today. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Beauteous Me podcast. Please be sure to download new episodes every week and send us your girl, what were you thinking or asking for friend stories to info at imbeauteousme.com. All entries remain anonymous. Also, don't, 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 don't forget to rate, review and hit the subscribe button now.